We've done the heaviest hitters, we've done the most feared submission artists, and now it's time to pay due to the wrestlers. That's right, today we're going to be counting down the most dominant fighters on the mat that the sport has ever seen. Everything was considered. Takedowns, ground strikes, control time, the clinch game, you name it. And while impressive stats are certainly one measure, the ability to use wrestling to win fights trumped any sort of wild career stat, because at the end of the day, dominance is all about winning. And these 10 fighters were the best of the best at using their skills on the mat to get the W. Everybody on this list was a champion and got there largely because of their incredible wrestling ability. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and these are the 10 most dominant wrestlers in MMA history. Number 10, Mark Coleman, the godfather of ground and pound, had to be on the list. The man paved the way for the style of fighting that would go on to serve a blueprint for future wrestlers to succeed once they used their skills to get the fights at the mat without having to necessarily be good at the submission game. And even though Mark Coleman's inclusion on this list is largely because of his pioneer status, he still recorded 46 takedowns between his UFC and Pride runs and landed 259 significant ground strikes, which is right up there with the rest of the fighters on this list, who largely competed in eras where the ground game he helped revolutionize was more more refined. Not only that, but he was only ever taken down twice in his entire career, and that was in the twilight against Shogun Hua and Randy Couture in 2009 and 2010. The two-time UFC tournament winner and first-ever heavyweight champion had 12 career finishes. Ten of them he would secure on the ground. He used his dominant wrestling to ensure the fights got to the mat, where his powerful strikes thereafter earned him victories, including the final of the Pride Openweight Grand Prix tournament in 2000, where he absolutely brutalized Igor Vochanchin with knees on the ground. He was one of the first collegiate and Olympic level wrestlers to come into MMA and show that his background was not only viable for the sport, but that it's one of its most dominant forms. And for that alone, he deserves a spot on this list. Number 9. Daniel Cormier There was some debate about including Stipe Miocic here instead of Daniel Cormier, but I think there's a good argument to be made that DC better utilized his wrestling pedigree in his career, whereas Stipe has largely implemented a more rounded approach. But he is absolutely elite and deserves a mention. And while the double champ may have reigned in the shadow of John Jones at light heavyweight, there's no denying the effectiveness of his Olympic-level wrestling. 35 takedowns between the UFC and Strike Force. one of those was a big old toss of Dan Henderson, I still don't know how that one worked. Of his 12 Zufa finishes, 10 of them took place on the ground or were initiated in the clinch, like when he finished Stipe Miocic in their first fight to become double champ. He landed 241 significant ground strikes in his career, 253 in the clinch, 48 of those came against Alexander Gustafsson in his light heavyweight title defense at UFC 1. That's the third most ever for a bout in the division. He also had very effective takedown defense. The first time anybody ever got him to the ground was John Jones. And I mean, come on, it's John Jones. I'm the guy. The real guy. He was also the only fighter to ever get him down more than once. I think it's easy to look at the last bout of his career when he was 41 and say, well, maybe he isn't as great a wrestler in MMA as we thought, but that's not taking into account everything that came before that, including his strike force run, which was damn near flawless and often overlooked. While his stats may not be the most record-breaking, he definitely deserves a spot on this list of all-time great MMA wrestlers. Number eight, Cain Velasquez. While his legacy as a champion and all-time great heavyweight feels as if it's being forgotten more and more as we get Get further away from 2015 and more fighters take the throne, there's no denying that one of the most dominant heavyweight wrestlers in MMA history was Cain Velasquez. He's arguably the most effective in the division's history, even more so than Stipe and DC. 34 total takedowns, that's second all-time only behind Curtis Blades who has a ridiculous 62. He also boasts the third most and fourth most heavyweight control and top position time within hour 7 minutes and 37 minutes respectively. 60% of his fight time was spent in control position 
missions, and he used that time effectively, landing 264 significant ground strikes, 195 in the clinch. Of his 12 UFC finishes, 10 of them took place on the ground. Against Czech Congo, Kane landed 255 ground strikes. That's the fourth all-time in any division. And against JDS, oh man. In their second encounter at UFC 155, he would attempt the most takedowns in a single fight all-time with 33. And in their trilogy bout, landed 204 brutal clinch strikes. That's the third all-time for a single fight. Cardio Kane was ruthless and smothering, and he made sure the fight was fought where he wanted it to be fought. He was only ever taken down three times in his career, and one of those he forgot to show up to Mexico City early enough to be able to breathe. His title reign speaks for itself. Velasquez is an all-time great in the UFC's heaviest division. Number 7. Tito Ortiz There are so many great wrestlers that have fought in the UFC's light heavyweight division. John Jones, Daniel Cormier, Randy Couture, but one who often gets overlooked these days, likely because of the era he competed in, and his falling out with the UFC, is Tito Ortiz. And of all those great wrestlers at 205 pounds, only Tito can boast the most control and top position time in the division's history, with an hour 22 and 105.02 respectively. He is one of the most effective wrestlers the sport has ever seen, and he used that skill to go on a light heavyweight title run with five straight defenses. Of his 15 UFC wins, eight of them happened on the ground, and he also had that sweet slam finish of Evan Tanner at UFC 30, where he basically headbutted him on impact. But hey, it counted in the books, and it's still a great example of his incredible use of wrestling. In one of the most boring fights that's ever happened, he may not have entertained, but he landed the second most ground strikes in a single fight with 195 against Vladimir Matushenko at UFC 33. He had 57 takedowns in his UFC career, and while 33 of those were technically in the light heavyweight division, Tito's a lifelong 205-er. And so as far as I'm concerned, he is the all-time leader at that weight, another testament to just how effective his wrestling was utilized in his legendary career. Number 6. John Jones What's really crazy about John Jones is that he's so incredibly effective as a wrestler in mixed martial arts, but he's also one of the light heavyweight division's best ever strikers as well. And he's so effective all around because in large part, he gets to decide where the fight is fought because of his incredible mat skills. Jones boasts a takedown defense rate of 95%, which is the third best all time and number one at light heavyweight. DC only took him down once in their two meetings, and it was essentially meaningless. It was at the end of the fight. The only other time he was taken down was by Gus, and he got right back up. He spent a whole 41 seconds in bottom position his entire career. So yeah, he's gonna decide where the fight is fought, which is one of his greatest strengths. Which isn't to say he's not a monster, because he absolutely is that as well. 42 total takedowns, 262 significant ground strikes landed, 248 in the clinch. He's very nasty there. Nine of his 12 UFC finishes can be attributed to his ability to wrestle, meaning he was either beating the hell out of somebody on the ground or subbing them from a position he took. He has an hour 20 of control time, 48 minutes in top position. His numbers aren't exactly crazy, but his wrestling is dominant in ways that doesn't always show on those sheets. I know it's pretty obvious to say that the best arguable fighter ever is probably a good wrestler, but the proof is in the pudding as they say, and that's some damn good pudding. Number 5. Matt Hughes If Mark Coleman was the fish-growing legs of MMA wrestling evolution, then Matt Hughes spawned opposable thumbs and started making machine guns. Matt was a different breed. Big, strong, he could fight for 17 hours straight without getting tired. He was like the athlete of the future, and when you added all of that on top of his wrestling pedigree, it was a dominant combination that led to two welterweight title reigns with seven successful defenses. Hughes would end up with one hour 53 minutes of career control time, and almost all of that was spent in top position, where he is in the top five all time for any weight class. Matt was a takedown machine, 47 in total, and some of them are just nasty. He technically slam-finished Carlos Newton at UFC 34, although that may have been because he was unconscious 
unconscious, but hey, it still counts, right? If you did survive getting down to the mat, Hughes was busy as hell on top. 477 significant ground strikes thrown. He would end up landing 332 of those. Of his 14 UFC finishes, Matt would end 10 bouts on the ground, including putting away BJ Penn at UFC 63 from the crucifix position. He has the second most finishes in UFC title fights, most of those because of his dominant wrestling, showing he could use it when it counts. While he would be surpassed by the likes of George St. Pierre eventually, there's no denying that the legendary title run he had prior to the competition growing exponentially in the division means he deserves a spot here as an all-time great. Number 4. Randy Couture Of course Captain America was going to be on this list. Is there anything more patriotic than wrestling, dammit? Randy Couture's game was built entirely around his Olympic-level Greco abilities. Whether that meant getting the fight to the ground effectively and taking care of business from there, or working his smothering clinch game up against the cage, the Naturals game plan was almost always very wrestle-heavy, whether it took place at 205 pounds or 265. Although Randy was never anywhere near that big, a testament to his grappling skills that he was still so damn good. He has the second most control time and top position time in heavyweight history, with about an hour each, give or take a few minutes either way, in total he has over two hours of control time when you add in his light heavyweight career, which is the fifth best ever, and on top of that an hour 27 in top position, that's eighth all time. In other words, there was a really good chance that you were in a really bad spot most of the time when you were fighting Randy Couture. With 337 significant ground strikes landed and 236 in the clinch, Couture was not just laying and praying or holding somebody up against the fence. He scored 10 finishes on the ground in his UFC tenure that saw him a two-division champion. Against Tito Ortiz at UFC 44, Randy dominated, landed the third most significant ground strikes in any light heavyweight bout with 71, and he had 174 in total. He also spanked Tito, which absolutely warrants his inclusion on our list. Number 3. Kamaru Usman Before I get into all the crazy things that Kamaru Usman has done in MMA as a wrestler, I think it's important to acknowledge Colby Covington, who is absolutely an all-time elite wrestler in that division, but he's had the unfortunate luck of fighting in the same era as the Nigerian Nightmare, thwarting his ability to earn a title thus far, and so coming up short of our list. But he deserves recognition, and so there you go. Alright, let's talk about Kamaru. 50 takedowns so far in his UFC career. On the other end, he's never been taken down. I know you're going to argue with me about this in the comments, but on the official stats, it's a big ol' zero. He has the seventh most control time ever at just short of two hours, an hour 18 minutes of top position. That's fourth ever at welterweight, and considering his company, that's damn impressive. He has never spent a single second in bottom position. That is number one all time, as is his perfect takedown defense. Nobody has stuffed more at a higher percent. 322 total ground strikes, 199 in the clinch. He will use that wrestling standing or on the ground to absolutely dominate a fight against Tyron Woodley, where he earned the welterweight title. He landed 78 significant clinch strikes, third most all-time in any fight. In his first fight with Jorge Masvidal, he landed the fourth most ground strikes with 190. He had 12 takedowns against RDA in a single fight. What more is there to say? The man has been perfect in the UFC thus far, and who knows where his stats will end up by the end of his run. When you consider all he's done thus far, as well as the elite wrestling competition that he's had to face, his spot on this list is perfectly justified, and honestly might end up getting higher as time goes on. Number 2. Habib Nurmagomedov I mean, when the guy's wrestling bears at 9 years old, it's probably a good indicator that Habib Nurmagomedov is going to be a dominant wrestler someday. Essentially born into all things combat sports, Habib's combination of wrestling, sambo, and judo has turned him into a nightmare on the ground, where he's absolutely suffocated the life out of his opponents, some of his fights looking more like a mauling than anything resembling MMA. The stats are pretty wild too. 61 UFC 
UFC takedowns. He has the second most all-time at lightweight. One hour, 58 minutes of control time. That's seventh ever. He has over an hour of top position. 380 ground strikes landed. 512 thrown. All seven of his UFC finishes happened on the ground. He had 21 takedowns against Abel Trujillo. That's a UFC record all-time, and he did that in a three-round fight. That doesn't even make sense. Against Michael Johnson, he landed the fourth most significant ground strikes in a single fight with 88. The man was an absolute destroyer, and he only ever lost two rounds in total in his entire career, which spanned, of course, a perfect 29 fights and ended after three straight title defenses. What more can you say? Not only is he one of the most dominant grapplers the sport has ever seen, he perfectly implemented those skills to remain unbeaten for the entirety of his time in the sport. If that's not an endorsement of his wrestling, then what is? Number one, George St. Pierre. He didn't win a gold medal or compete as an Olympic wrestler. He never won any national championships, nor did he ever compete in them. Despite that, George St. Pierre is without question the most dominant and best wrestler in MMA history. He did hold his high school's record for chin-ups though once, so that might be something to consider. When it comes to GSP, the stats simply don't lie. 90 takedowns, that's number one all time in any division. 462 significant ground strikes landed, that's the highest of any fighter on our list. He has the most control time and top position, and these numbers are crazy. Two hours, 42 minutes control, two hours, 22 minutes on top. That is a whole bunch of time dominating fights. Rarely ever taken down himself and super accurate in his own attempts at 74%. That's fourth all time in any division. Despite his lack of a traditional grappling background, St. Pierre blossomed into an unbelievable wrestler as his career progressed. When he first fought Josh Koscheck at UFC 74, the question going into the fight was whether he'd be able to stop the takedowns of the All-American National Champion. Oh, he did. And then George went two for two on his own takedowns and had nine minutes of control time in a 15-minute fight. He was 11 for 11 on takedowns against Dan Hardy at UFC 111. That's the highest percentage with the most takedowns in any fight in UFC history. Against BJ Penn at UFC 94, he landed 236 ground strikes. That was seventh all-time for any fight in the promotion. Six of his nine UFC finishes happened on the ground, and while GSP was well-rounded, he leaned heavily into his incredible wrestling skills that only got better as time went on and led him to a career as arguably one of the best two or three fighters ever. This list was very tough to sort out, but number one was not. It was always very clearly George St. Pierre. I'm Bailey from Around Point, and yes, we are finally here in our brand new office. Let's go check it out. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to our MMA Challenge of the Week. Today, I'm joined by the greatest referee in the world, Mr. Mark Goddard. Would, I would punch him straight in the back of the fucking head. That's right, a brand new channel with brand new content. Welcome to Fight Front, the home of personality-driven MMA. Today, it's an MMA challenge where I take the worst-rated UFC character in UFC Undisputed 3 all the way to the heavyweight championship of the world. And I'm reacting to Colin McGregor. Make sure you scroll on down and hit subscribe because you do not want to miss all the new content coming your way on this brand new channel. And hey, it's me, Tommy Toehold, and I'm rolling around on a damn monitor. Big ol' shout out to my dude Luke Taylor for editing this video together. You can find him and his awesome digital art on Twitter at CoolToMe underscore. A big, big thank you to Ben Rosette, who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page at Ben Rosette. Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.